Hi, friends. My name is Chloe Taylor, the host of CozyCast. CozyCast is designed to assist you on your journey of co-creating your reality with the universe. I'll share tips, tricks, and stories on self-help, astrology, and spirituality to encourage and support you on your path to your dream life. So put on your fuzzy socks, grab a warm drink, and get cozy with me every Tuesday for a weekly dose of magic and self-care. Hello, friends, and happy Self-Care Tuesday. I hope you guys have done something a little special for yourself, whether that be getting a latte out today on a Tuesday, or maybe you are taking the day off. Maybe you've planned a massage for yourself tonight. Maybe you just have a night planned with yourself, with a hot bowl of soup, takeout, ramen, whatever, and some Netflix, you know, whatever floats your boat for self-care. I hope you are doing it today. Uh, This is your daily reminder. If you haven't planned something for yourself today, make sure that you do. Today's episode is very special because this actually comes from a request from Instagram. I'm not going to say their name because uh, I asked in the questions in Instagram stories and those technically are kept private if you respond to them. So um, I'm going to keep their name private, but if they're listening, which I'm pretty sure they are, they're going to know that it was their suggestion. Uh, But they asked me to touch a little bit on guides, spirit guides, and they didn't say specifically what, but uh, I was asked to just kind of speak on connecting with spirit guides. And first and foremost, some of you guys maybe don't even know what that is. Um, Like, what the heck is a spirit guide, you know? And... A spirit guide to me, now I can only give you my experience or things that I have learned through others, so that's what we're going to be discussing today mostly, but a spirit guide to me are guides that have specifically been appointed to you in this life, and I believe that we all have many spirit guides. I believe that they come in the form of uh, family members who have passed on. I believe that they come in the form of archangels sometimes. And I also believe that, especially in terms of speaking on behalf of archangels, I think that we as humans, and actually all guides, I would say, we as humans really like to complicate things. We like to put periods at the ends of things. You know, we we like to define every little thing. And even in like the grand scheme of things, when you look at us as people, and this might be kind of a uh, a sad introduction, if if I make you think three deep five me, too deep for me, um, but uh, if I if I get you on that three deep five me, um, I hope you guys understand that. Some people I say that to, and they're like three deep five me. What does that mean? It's like too deep for me. So three deep five me. Anyways, uh, three deep five me. I feel like when you think of the world on a very grand scheme of things, we really are just ants, you guys. Like, we are nothing. Like, and I don't say that in an attempt to make you feel like you are literally nothing and you don't matter because that's not true. Like, we we give life the meaning that it has. But I feel like we as humans, even if you look at, like, science and NASA and all these amazing things that these people are doing and discovering – 
we are literally just trying to put names and titles to things that we don't understand. And so I feel like when you talk about spirit guides and archangels and things like that, even if you're listening to me or another guru or someone that you feel like has valuable information that you don't, please remember that when it comes to things like this, you are able to define this in any way that fits for you. I think even putting archangels in a box like humans do is almost wrong as well. Uh, you know, we like to say like, okay, for instance, Archangel Michael, this is um, an angel that is specifically known for protection. And when you invoke Archangel Michael, uh, protection is granted. However, I think to some people, when you think about angels, you think about like winged people, which might be the truth. Uh, for some of you, for me, for whoever, you know. And other times, I also feel like it's important to remember that everything is energy. That is something that we as a human species have put the name to what is uh, basically matter in the world. What it all breaks down to is just energy. So even if you don't feel comfortable calling it a spirit guide, calling them an archangel, just know it's whatever terms truly work for you. The words don't really matter. We don't need to put such a pronounced definition on your spirituality, my spirituality, my beliefs, your beliefs. So that's really the point I want to get across before we dive in is that like, I'm going to give these things certain words, but if those words don't work for you or it doesn't match your belief, um, that's okay. Number one, that's totally okay if you take none of this information and it does nothing for you. But if it does, and it kind of makes sense, think about where in your life it could connect to you. So, um, you know, just don't, like I said, we as humans want to just define everything so rigidly. And I think with topics like this, there is so much left to be said. There is so much to be discovered still that we have not. And so just open your mind a little bit, if you will. Now, what what would be a spirit guide? I was saying this could be a passed on ancestor, which I do believe we get those. I believe that my sister who passed away two years ago is one of my guides. I believe that sometimes I think that I'm actually my grandmother reincarnated, so I'm not sure if she's one of my guides or not. Um, I also believe that the energy that inhabits Aphrodite, whether that be a physical being or not, is one of my guides that I work with very consistently. I believe that Archangel Metatron is somebody that I talk to a lot. Um, I like more than anything to think about these figures or these archetypes or um, beings as actual energy. To me, I embody that energy or I call forth that energy. I also work a lot with Archangel Raphael and Archangel Michael. And so basically, I think I really want to start with my own experience because I feel like spirituality and belief systems can get very intense and fickle and it's my belief is the only correct one or what have you. And I'm going to try to do this as openly as I can without putting anything in a box. <laughs> so my experience, um, number one, I am very open about this. I was raised Mormon for the first 18 years of my life. Um, I moved to Utah, actually, because I was so heavily invested in the religious culture, went to school out here. And interestingly enough, you would think living in an environment where that's your spirituality and that's all you're exposed to would keep you in it. But for me, I actually went totally the opposite route. It actually caused me to realize that this was not 
the religion for me. It was not the spirituality for me. And I didn't actually believe most of it. Um, and it's just crazy how that can transform. Now, this isn't me saying that if you're Mormon, this episode isn't for you because I wholeheartedly would disagree with that statement. Uh, but I'm just giving you a little background on where I've come from. Um, there's still plenty of Mormons in my life that I have absolute respect for. And I respect that every religion is correct on the planet. If it makes you the best version of you that you can be, then it's the correct one for you. So basically, I'm just trying not to step on anybody's toes. <laughs> but anyways, let me, I'm just going to stop stipulating and go forth in my authentic truth. Are you ready? Let's do this. So I was raised Mormon and in Mormon culture, they teach something about the quote unquote, Holy ghost, you know, other modern religions have like the Holy Trinity, um, which is the heavenly father, Jesus Christ, the Holy ghost, etc. They teach about the Holy ghost. I actually feel personally that this Holy ghost that I was initially introduced to is the form of a spirit guide. I don't think that, um, now in Mormon culture, you get like bestowed with the Holy ghost at age eight. If you're baptized, it's like this whole thing. Um, I don't think that that necessarily has to happen in order for you to receive the guidance from your spirit guides. I don't think the Holy ghost is all, uh, one thing. I mean, it can be, if that's like, maybe you just feel that you connect specifically to one of your guides, then maybe that's the truth for you. For me personally, I feel like the form of this Holy ghost, what I was raised on actually was just my guides being very present in my life. And so I have had spiritual experiences since very early on in life. Um, I believe that every time I've asked for a sign in my life, every time I've asked for help, you know, dropped my knees and prayed for help and I've received answers, I believe that that's my guides working for me. I believe that that our guides are always standing by wanting to help us and we all we need to do is ask. We need to give them the permission to help us and that's the number one that I have goosebumps over my entire body while I'm talking about this. I'm kind of like starting to get choked up. I'm sorry. Um, my guides are definitely here with me, <laughs> but I believe that, uh, we, we just don't ask them for enough help. That's like the number one thing about guides is we don't ask for enough help. And so let me start with probably the most, I have two experiences that I had when I was in high school that really, to me, were my guides at work. Uh, the first experience I had, I was in school and I had a wallet. I had no money in it. <laughs> um, starving student, right? Uh, but I had uh, my school ID was in there. My driver's license was in there. I was old enough to drive. And I had a bunch of notes from my boyfriend at the time, who is actually now my husband. He's my high school sweetheart. Been together for almost 12 years. Um, I had a bunch of notes from when we first started dating that I carried on me in this little wallet because it was very special to me. I'm a Cancer Venus. The most important thing in life to me is love. And uh, this wallet was stolen from me, like right out of my backpack. I think my backpack was open and I'm, I'm pretty sure... I know who took it and I know, I know when they took it, but I didn't have any proof. But I remember, um, my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, his name's Andrew. I remember Andrew, me telling him 
this wallet will come back to me. I know that it will. I don't know when, but I've already asked to receive it back. Like at this point in time, because I was still very um, actively Mormon, I prayed to what I considered God at the time and my and the Holy Spirit. And I said that I really would like to receive my wallet back. And I knew I was filled with this really loving, warm feeling. And I knew that I was going to get it back with like complete faith. I knew. And I don't even know how to explain an experience like that. It's like... Sometimes it can come in the form of goosebumps. Sometimes it can come like, it feels like your heart chakra just like expands when you really feel listened to and you just know. I have like a very deep intuition as well. And he was like, no, you're not going to get it back. Like he would totally sit there and try to disprove me, right? And months went by months. And I never lost faith in this. I didn't think about it consistently, but I never lost faith in this. And I was like, no, dude, I like, I would think about it. And I'd be like, no, dude, I'm going to get it back. And then one day randomly, I get a phone call, a voice message gets left. And this woman on the other end of the line, this is like, I swear to God, six months later. And she says, Hey, I found your wallet. It was sitting like on the ground outside of a trash. There was no money in it. I didn't take any money from it, which there was no money in it to begin with, but there's like papers in it. There's some ID stuff in it. Um, if you want it, I will give it to you. And so I called her back and I went over to this lady's house that was not too far from my parents' house. And she had it. All the notes were there, which were, that was what was so special to me. I was the most sad about losing all those notes, which I still have to this day because I'm a sentimental bitch. <laughs> and everything that was originally in there was in there. And I couldn't believe it. And I think ultimately my story behind this is I really think that what happened was the person who stole it from me maybe thought there was money in it. There wasn't. Um, and we were reaching the end of the semester and like cleaning out, you know, desks, cleaning out lockers, et cetera. My assumption is they probably just realized they still had it and then tried to toss it out. And it somehow ended up by like a major garbage can by this person's house. I don't think that any of their kids stole it or they stole it. Um, but I did. I totally got it back. And I just, I knew, I knew. And it was by such a random, I don't even know how they got my phone number. I don't know if it was like on my ID or something, but I don't remember. I'm sure my phone number was listed somewhere on the wallet or something. Um, but it was like confirmation of like, wow, even like six months went by, but I still got it back. And it was in such a weird way. Like, what are the odds that the wallet would be sitting outside the trash can, not in the trash can down at the bottom? Like, what are the odds? I believe that my guides brought that back to me. Now, second story. I was trying to make the decision if I was going to move out to Utah, where I still am now. And trying to make, actually, I, I could go on for days. I have so many instances. I have a couple other stories too, that are really personal and powerful. Um, but I was thinking about moving out here for school and my boyfriend at the time, I was very heavily in love with, very attached to, and I was really unsure if I should leave him. And I wasn't really doing anything where I was though. I honestly, I did not necessarily love living at home. That was really hard for me. Um, I was going to a local community college that I absolutely hated. I hated the entire experience and I'd already been accepted to this other college. I'd already taken the SATs. I'd already kind of looked into it. I'd gotten in. And 
I will never forget. I stopped. And mind you, again, I was still really religious at the time. And I prayed. I was sitting inside of a Target parking lot. And I prayed. And I was about to go inside. And I said, can you just give me a sign? Can you please just give me a sign that I'm supposed to go and do this? Because I don't want to make the wrong choice. And I'm really scared. This is such a, you know, I was 18. It was a big experience. And I opened my car door to go inside. And out fell a quarter. And I, I, I never have loose change on me. Like to this day, never. And I picked up this quarter. And in the USA, we have state quarters. And this quarter, you better fucking believe, it was a Utah state quarter. And I didn't live in Utah. I'm born and raised in California. And I knew. My whole body was like electric with like magnetic energy. And I just knew. I was like, there it is. I'm supposed to go. And so I did. <laughs> and it was a fantastic experience. Changed my whole life for the better. Um, I was going to say only two experiences, but this third one I feel like is so powerful as well. And it happened later in my adult life. And these experiences, what they've always taught me is they've just reestablished my belief. They've reestablished my connection with my guides. They've reestablished this. I know that you're there. I know that you want to help me. I know that you love me. I just need to allow it. And this one I've talked about on the Twin Flames podcast before, and I think I've even talked about those first two a little bit, but um, I was newly married, 23 years old, 22 years old, somewhere in that range. My husband and I dated for about five and a half years before we got married and living in the state of Utah, like getting married that young, people don't even bat an eyelash at it. <laughs> um and now I think about it and I'm like, oh my God, if I had waited, I think I would have waited until I was like 32 to get married and I'm not even 30 yet now. <laughs> love, love my spouse and our relationship, but definitely think if I knew what I knew now, I think I would have waited just, just because I think I would have done things differently, but you know, hindsight, but, um, newly married. Um, this was when I first started my YouTube career, actually, when I was doing gaming, which we talked about, uh, earlier this month in an episode, I was newly gaming, unemployed, had literally no money. I was living on rice. Me and my husband both were. He was the only one who had a job and we were barely making ends meet. Like we couldn't make ends meet. He had taken out a loan on one of his cars, ended up losing, or one of our cars ended up losing the car. Like so many things were happening and we literally couldn't even afford to eat. Like never in my life have I been outside of this situation in a situation where I couldn't even afford to put food on my table? Like that to me is something that if you've never experienced that, it is such like it's so hard to put yourself in a positive mind state and believe that you can change it when you're feeling that low. Like you can't even, you don't even know if you're going to be able to afford to eat the next day. Now, mind you, you could sit here and say, where was your family when all of this was going on? Um, I had tried to reach for help, not very openly. It was kind of like, hey, I'm like kind of struggling. And then they kind of shut the conversation down. And so I felt like I really couldn't go to my family. And the car situation was a whole debacle with my husband and his father. And it caused a lot of uproar and problems. And so we felt like we really had, and granted, my husband and I both come from huge families. We could have reached out to other people. We just felt like we were alone. And we felt like there was nobody that we could really lean on. Um, both of us felt like we had kind of messed up relationships with our 
parental figures, at least the, I think the, at least definitely on his side for sure. But anyways, I don't want to get into that. That's not something I came here to discuss today. But um, we felt like we really couldn't lean on family at this time. And I will never forget, we basically were like verbally evicted from this house because we were two months behind rent, no rent coming in sight. We couldn't afford it. We genuinely could not afford it. And freshly married too, genuinely could not afford it. We did not pay for our wedding. My parents did, which was very kind of them. And I'm very grateful. Um, but literally like we never had like paper served to us or anything like that. But our landlord at the time, he was like, you know, I'm paying for the mortgage on this house and my house. I can't afford both. Like he was in a shitty situation too. I don't blame him. I don't blame us. Like we just had a lot going on. And he was just like, look, I need you to be out by this time. My husband got us a couple of extra weeks. He was like, look, I'm really like, we didn't want it to be that way at all. And our landlord was not even home. He was like on a trip overseas for a couple of months. And the people he had in charge of us were the people that lived above us who were absolutely awful to us. I could tell you so many stories about how shitty these people were to us. I will spare you because I don't feel like it's my place. Um, I mean, it is my place because they were the worst, but um, it happened so long ago. And it's something that to this day, they were so awful to us that I still have to work on like remembering to forgive them and let it go because it was so horrible how ugly they were to us. But so on top of that, we had people that were just outright rude to us every single day, like and we shared laundry with them and the laundry was in our part of the house. So ugh, it was, it was like a nightmare. It was a living nightmare. And I will never forget. We had no gas in the car. Like literally our tank was on empty and we were just basically driving the car until we couldn't go anymore. And we had gone to other places, tried to find places to live, didn't really have money for a down payment or anything. And I will never forget I pulled the car over after dropping my husband off at work, not knowing if I'd be able to pick him up because we didn't have any gas in the car. And I just started sobbing and I prayed and I said, can you please just help me? I'm sorry. <laughs> this like still gets me to this day. Cause it was so, Oh, I was so, I cried myself to sleep every night for a month before this. And I just said, I don't know what we're going to do. We have no money. We have no food. I don't know if I'm going to be able to even pick my husband up from work. Can you please just help me find somewhere to go? I don't like, I'm at my wits end. I don't even know if I found an apartment, if we would be able to get into it. I don't know what to do. We're literally like 10 days shy of being homeless. Please help me. Literally, I looked up. From where I was seated, there was a sign diagonal from where I was that said house for rent with a number. And it was in front of, this is so crazy, you guys, I'm getting goosebumps again. It was actually a sign that was in front of the house that I live in now, which is that this story is going to come full circle. I don't know if you guys are prepared. <laughs> so I called the number and I, I, I don't know why couldn't tell you. I just, I was like, okay, I'm just going to call it. I'm just going to see what happens. Um, and I, I get a call like almost immediately back. I think I had like left a voicemail and said that I was interested. I get a call almost immediately back and it's the landlord. And he says, oh, 
that's just a for rent sign. Um, that's one of my properties, but the property that's actually for rent is over here. If you want to come meet me and take a look, I'm over there now, or I'm going over there now. So um, it's literally another street over, very close to this place. I thankfully make it there with the no gas that we have. Um, and he has a stack thick of applications that people have already submitted. The moment he met me, he basically gave me keys. I told him I didn't have money for a down payment. It was just me and my husband. Um, I really didn't think that this was going to be the place we were going to get. It was like a two bedroom, one bath. It had everything. We were, we didn't, we weren't really picky. We would have taken anything, but it was like better than I could have anticipated. <laughs> and he literally offered me the apartment on the spot, even though he had other people coming to look at it. He offered it to me on the spot. And he said, just give me the down payment whenever you have it. Don't worry about it. Here's the keys. You can move in. I think it was like three days later, he said we could move in. Imagine my feelings. <laughs> and my husband was at work, so he couldn't even like go through this with me. And I signed the contract right then and there. Um, there was no credit checks, no ID checks, no nothing. I honestly believe that maybe my guides were working through this man and he just knew. I've never really asked him why, because like I said, he had so many applications. He didn't really know anything about me and he just offered it to me on the spot. It was crazy. Um, so then we moved and we ended up, we had a friend that lent us $300 for the down payment, which was really cheap in that area. The rent was so cheap, cheaper than where we were previously. And the space was bigger. Um, and we moved like three days later, we had other friends come and help us and everything totally worked out. And I have to tell you guys, when I think about me being the happiest that I have ever been in a location, this home, I have never felt more fulfilled in my entire life. I didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot, but like, we were so happy. I think because of where we had come from and how awful we both felt about where we previously were, like there was so much peace that came with moving into this new location. We didn't have any people over us that weren't nice to us. We were actually able to make ends meet because the rent was cheaper. We had friends that randomly sprung up and helped us and were able to help us. Um, everything just totally worked out. Our friends that helped us pay the down payment even... Um, we requested like, I think like $30 more than we needed. I don't know if they know about this, but I would tell them to this day. Now we asked them for like 30 to $50 extra on top of what the down payment actually was so that we could buy groceries and gas. And so we bought groceries and gas and moved and everything just was perfect. Like I, we spent our first Christmas and Thanksgiving in this apartment as a married couple and truly it was like, I will never forget every day I woke up with so much gratitude in my heart and so much like, thank you universe for everything that you've brought to me. I felt so much peace and contentment and it was just beautiful. <laughs> I, I hope that was, I know that was really long winded, but like things just totally can change in the blink of an eye. And I really do believe that that is spirit at work. So those are some of my experiences. I have more than just that. Those are three that were like really powerful for me, though, that have happened within the last like decade. Um, 
So another thing I want to bring up, I will put in the show notes for you guys, the gem goddess on YouTube actually has a video where she talks about how to connect with your guides. And I'm going to get a little more into that as well here, but she has an excellent video. If you're looking for a starting point, I'm making my own video as well. It may already be out on my channel. And if it is, I'll also link it in the show notes, but if it's not out yet, it should be available this December sometime. It's a video I'm working on for my channel as well. Um, not in collaboration or anything. Thing. I'm just going to be sharing more of my experience on my YouTube channel too. But she has one on how to connect with your guides, how to talk to them, how to ask them, um, how to help them make themselves known to you. And it's a great video. So I'm going to link that for you guys. And now in closing, I want to share with you guys a little bit about what I do to connect with my guides on a daily basis, or sometimes it's not daily. I try to make it a daily habit as often as possible, but sometimes it's not daily. Um, but number one, especially if you are a spiritual person that prays, I feel like this would be very easy. I specifically do not believe in God. Um, I believe, I would say I'm more almost on the agnostic side of things. Like I believe something else is out there. I believe in my guides and such. I don't necessarily believe in any one omnipotent, like overarching God personally. If you believe that, that's so like wonderful. I'm happy for you. I love that for you. Um, we can, we can coexist. <laughs> um, but I do believe that there are forces at large that are greater than me, if that makes sense. And so I do feel like to a degree connecting with your guides is a lot like praying. Um, in my experience, I believe that that's something that I still do to this day. I still say like a little prayer here or there. Or I say thank you. Or um, So if you've ever really been into praying, it's you can connect with your guides via prayer. You can even ask them to show themselves to you. If Recognize that if you're expecting to see like a full-blown like person, um, you won't be able to see that until you're ready for it. Um, I personally have not had that experience because I'm not open to it. Um, I specifically have set the precedent with my guides. Like you can be here, we can chill, but do not show yourself to me. I'm not in a place where I'm stable enough to have that kind of an experience and not be afraid. So if that's not like, if you're not open to that kind of energy, like that's not going to happen. Um, but if you are, then it may. Um, but this is not something you need to be scared of. Um, I know that I have a lot of fear that has to do with religious conditioning growing up that I still am working through. I'm still, even though I'm out here teaching and giving you guys like the valuable lessons that I've learned, I am still very much a masterpiece in progress, right? I am not someone that is perfect, that has it all together. And I think that's also another important thing that maybe I want to touch on in a future episode, that it's very important that if you are somebody who wants to teach others, it's very important that you still continue to teach others, even as you're learning, because people often will look at you or look at people and think, oh my gosh, they are the master. I will never measure up. When in reality, if you're sharing every step of your journey, it's so much easier for people to follow along with that. So remember that if you're in the, if you're wanting to be someone who teaches others, don't wait until you're a master. Start now. Um, but what I do basically is most mornings, um, I start my day with water, obviously, <laughs> but I will start my day with coffee after I hydrate, I caffeinate. And when I make coffee, I try 
always to remember to make an extra cup for my guides. Now, if I was going to set out a singular cup for every single guide, we would be here all day. I feel like I have quite a few personally, um, but I always get one cup. Usually I just serve it black unless I feel impressed to do otherwise. And I will go and I have an altar space in my living room. I've shown it to you guys on uh, Instagram. Make sure you guys follow me. My handles are down below uh, at Cozy Kale. I keep my altar space. I try to keep it relatively clean as well. And I will change out different offerings. But more often than not, I will show up with a cup of coffee most days. And I will put that at my altar space and just say like, thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing this morning with me. Sometimes I'll hang out around my altar and drink my coffee with my guides. And even though I can't see them, I know that they're there. Like, I don't even know how to explain that. If you watch the Gem Goddesses video, uh, one of the best things you can do is ask them for assistance, believe that it will happen, and then watch it happen. That is just going to reinstill your faith over and over and over. And all those experiences that I shared with you, that to me was my faith being reinstilled over and over and over. So um, I don't have to question if they're there. I know because of the experiences that I've had. And rest assured, those three experiences are not all of them. That was just the majors, <laughs> some of the majors, not even all of them. Um, but I will, I'll sit and have coffee and I will talk out loud. I'm home alone most days because my husband works and I'm the only other one here with all my pretty, pretty cats. Um, so I will talk very openly and I will express gratitude for what has come my way. And if I'm, if I've got something on my mind, that I need assistance with, I will say like, even if it's just me having like a really low day that day, I will say, Hey, my energy feels really off today. Can you guys step in and help me shoulder this burden? Can you help me to find mental clarity? Can you help me to, um, maybe I'll set an intention for that day, or I don't know what I want my intention to be for the day. I'll ask for clarification and guidance. Uh, this is also a good time if you're into reading tarot cards to pull a couple of them, ask for some assistance with the reading and, you know, see what comes out. Ask your spirit guides to give you a message and see what card comes out. I highly recommend uh, the Dreams of Gaia tarot deck by, it's like by Raven something. I'll put a link down below. It's an affiliate link, uh, but it doesn't cost you anything extra. It just helps me. So if you want to support me, please purchase through links in my description. But um it's like these cards really help connect you to your subconscious and they're, they're kind of Rider Waite Smith involved, but like not really, they kind of have their own meanings and they're, they're very like subconscious, very deep cards. Um, and I feel like you can't really miss, uh, interpret them. They are like the descriptions that are given are very thorough. And so if you're somebody who's afraid you're going to misinterpret something, it's a really good deck to try out. Um, I find that that deck is a very powerful deck for me to connect with my guides because they show me things that I'm not even aware of that are, that's currently going on in my subconscious more often than not. So, um, that's something that I will do if during the day I feel like I need something like, here's an example. Um, I work a lot with Archangel Michael. I mentioned that to you guys earlier. Archangel Michael is the energy or the archangel that is known for protection 
And whenever I'm feeling scared, I have been very, very conditioned in my life to be afraid of a lot of things. Um, I think I can openly and confidently say that my mother is a very paranoid, scared person. And her mother was also that, I think, to an even more extreme level. And it's kind of been passed on to me both openly and energetically. And it's something that I've had to work through. But um, when I go out on walks during the day to get in my steps, I... um, A lot of times we'll feel, even in my own neighborhood, if I ever feel unsafe, I will ask Archangel Michael, can you please walk with me? Can you um, come into my space and protect me? And you feel it when you invoke those words. The room, um, Gabby Bernstein in her Super Attractor book talks about this. You feel the room expand. You feel the space around you expand if you are consciously aware of it. And... Even right now when I'm talking about it, I feel like Archangel Michael's here like, yeah, you best be telling them. Um, I don't know if he's got that kind of attitude, but, you know, I I feel that presence with me now. So um, I also a lot of times if I need healing, um, I will call on Archangel Raphael. Archangel Raphael deals in healing of sickness. I also talk with Archangel Raphael uh, because I believe that I am a healer and that I am meant to heal the collective. So sometimes I will ask Raphael, like, what what is the message that the collective needs? What is what am what can I do to help heal others? You know, I feel like uh, he's a really great one to connect to. Um, Lately for my 12th house transit that I've been going through, when you guys hear this, I'll be in my first house. Hey. And uh, (laughs) I have called on Archangel Sandalphon, which is an archangel that is just a lot more soft spoken. Um, You have to be really in the deep of listening to yourself and listening to the quiet, dark still to hear Archangel Sandalphon. But uh, usually... Archangel Sandalphon can help reveal messages about you. There are so many archangels that you can connect to. And some of them are guides. Some of them are not. Um, There's also a lot of guided meditations that you can look to. I think my first real experience outside of the ones that I previously talked about uh, was going through a guided meditation to meet my spirit guide. Um, You can find them all over YouTube. I don't think there's one that's worse or better. Uh, You can just type like meet my spirit guide meditation and you'll get so many options on YouTube that will kind of lead you through it. It might take a few tries of the meditation to actually uh, meet your, excuse me, meet your spirit guide. Um, I've done a meditation before and I feel personally that I do have a guide that, um, I do, I have like a male guide, one that has like, he kind of reminds me of the, the little creature from the lion, the witch in the wardrobe that has like the horns, the little tiny horns. And he's like half goat kind of reminds me of that. I have a guide that's like that. Um, I don't know his name. Um, I want to say that his name could be Patrick. Don't quote me on that. We're not sure. I've only done the meditation once and met him that one time. (laughs) So I haven't really done all the repetition, but there's a chance that his name could be Patrick. I'm not 100%. I tried to ask his name and that was a name that popped into my consciousness. So it made me feel like maybe that was correct. But I feel like I need to ask another time just to be sure because I wasn't like, I feel like when you know something, you're filled with certainty if you're listening to your intuition. And if that certainty isn't there... 
I'm more apt to not believe it personally for like my path. I feel like intuitively, if I don't really feel it, I feel like then it's not correct. Um, and I basically did that. I did one of those guided meditations that I just walked myself through in a meditative state to a place that was very peaceful to me, that was familiar to me. And I waited for my guide to show up and he did. So I feel like it's more than that though. I don't think that every one person just has one guide. I think we all have many. And I think I've said that already, but, um, that's a few ways that you can connect. I think ultimately the best thing you can do though, is just ask, just ask. It's about asking and believing. Um, and I, I know that that is so whimsical sounding. It is so like, oh, just ask and believe, you know, just like sit and pray. It's so, you know, but until you're ready to actually have the experience, nothing is going to solidify it for you. If you are sitting there waiting to disprove it, if you're sitting there like, oh, I've asked and now I'm waiting, it's been an hour and you're not here, you're not showing up. If you're waiting to sit and disprove the fact that they are around you, they're not going to want to show up. Um, I know that from personal experience, you have to be open to allowing yourself to let them make themselves known in any way that they, and trust me, they will make it known. They're not going to be subtle about it. Uh, they will make themselves known so that you absolutely 100% know that that's where that came from. So um, those are just like a few things. I know this was very basic. I feel like I would love to do a follow-up episode in the future. Let me know uh, when this episode goes live. Uh, I feel like I'm going to have to set a reminder on my phone, but I will do my best to put a question thing in my Instagram stories and ask you guys what other things you would want to know about guides that maybe I haven't covered here. I wanted to give a very like basic outline of a few things and maybe we can go a little bit deeper in a second part to this. So just let me know. Um, I'll make a note here on Instagram or for Instagram for that. So if you're listening to this, make sure you head over there. Uh, if you have any other questions, you can also always DM me or tweet me. Um, if you want to have like a private direct message, go to Instagram. But if you want to tweet me publicly on Twitter, you can as well. Um, I'm at Cozy Kale. All the information's in the show notes. And uh, that's all I have for you guys. Please take care of yourselves. Let your guides take care of you. And please, you guys, remember, please, 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 that when you shine in your most authentic, authentic way, you give everyone else the permission around you to do the same. Go forth, my lighthouses. <laughs> All right, I'll catch you guys next week. Bye. If you really loved what you heard today, be sure to leave me a review. Or even better, come support me on my main hub, Anchor, linked in the show notes. And if you'd love even more cozy in your life, be sure to follow me around the web, including a YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and even a website. Share your listening experience in your stories or tweet it out. I'd love to chat with you. Use hashtag cozy self-care Tuesday so I can lurk on your weekly self-care routines. Again, that's K-O-Z-Y self-care Tuesday. I look forward to interacting with you. Remember, when you shine, you give others permission to do the same. So fill your cup and share of your light with the world. You are valuable just as you are. I'll talk to you guys again next Tuesday.